Bill, how are you? <clears throat> Hold on real quick. Well, I'm very glad to hear again. <clears throat> of course, for me, it's a greatest honor to share with you about languages, cultures, and all that stuff uh, related to our uh, the thing that we most languages and, of course, polyglots. Thank you so much for. Oh, I'm. I was sitting up there eating a handful, uh, a spoonful of oatmeal that I made before you came on. I just ate my breakfast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I want to say thank you for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to find new people anyway to interview because I feel like I've interviewed, you know, the top people in the community. So I said I want to interview new people. <laughs> so I thought about you um, in particular because um, your story is interesting to me and the fact that you can speak all these different languages to different degrees you know I and, and well too um, you know I was like I, I want people to hear this because you know there are a lot of people out there in the world that still believe you know they might be monolingual they might be bilingual and and they don't believe that you know people can speak 18 languages to you know a high degree or a moderate degree or you know even if they're just speaking at a1 a2 you know is better than nothing but to them it's like okay if you don't speak like they do then you don't speak and i i, I actually had someone recently um knock someone I know that speaks 18 languages and they speak it very well and because of the interactions that they had um that weren't you know they weren't the greatest I guess and they just were very negative and I said well we're gonna agree to disagree you know so <laughs> I said you know I want to kind of debunk this mythos that you know people can't you know they can speak more than seven languages and do it well, you know, regardless of what level they want to go to. So, yeah. Well, <clears throat> first, um, let, let me say you something. Um, in, in every, lang every language learner uh, has its own particular journey, as uh, you, ha you have your journey I have mine also, and you can imagine that it, it, it wasn't such a thing that, okay, I decided to become a polyglot or I decided to become a hyperpolyglot. It's more or less uh, what kind of experiences um, I, 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 I had to live or I gotta live. Uh, I mean, about my language learning journey, uh, I began I began learning English at nine years old uh, in the primary school in a parallel course to my primary school, but then it ca it came um, the cable TV I mean uh, Hebrew because I'm uh, within the Jewish community and for my bar mitzvah and all that stuff, but also the cable TV enabled me to learn Italian, French, and Portuguese uh, when I was a teenager. Uh, 
I mean, I got a port, an Italian and a Portuguese that was average at the time and a very basic French. But although all those, those backgrounds uh, enabled me to uh, learn Catalan almost by accident. I met in, I know that uh, you're only one year older than me, so I. It was a chat server uh, available at that time, um, 2000, 2001, 2002. Well, in 2002, I, I knew uh, a Spanish guy, a Catalan uh, boy. Uh, yeah, he, he was uh, 16 years old. I was 24. And when I began, and when we began to chat, um, we we made uh, acquaintances, and I realized that uh, he was he had a very uh, a lot of orthographic errors when he wanted to write me in Spanish. So up to a certain point, I didn't realize that uh, in Spanish territory there were people uh, residing in Spain that never or almost never used Spanish in their late daily life. So that's why I began uh, uh, to, to learn Catalan. He asked me as a favor if, he, if I can to learn Catalan uh, in, um, and I, I have no obligation to learn it, but as, <clears throat> as I had um, at that time those uh, average Italian and a very basic French, it was enough grounds, enough basis, to learn, to begin learning Catalan. Okay, I accept you the challenge. And I began uh, to associate Latin word roots in real time. Temps is means time. Finestra is equal to Italian. Okay, and that word is- It's like French. That word is like Spanish. That word is like Italian. And like a mixture of French, Spanish, and Italian, I began to learn Catalan in as quick as six weeks. Then, uh, of course, there uh, are more, much more other languages uh, followed. <clears throat> For example, I befriended a Basque girl uh, who, uh, in an animalist forum, uh, animalist vegetarian forum, and. Um, when I befriended her in 2003, when I was 25 years old and she was 14, uh, and uh, with that girl, Irache, I chat almost every day for three years, and that, that's why I learned Basque. Well, Galician, I had Galician television on TV, but also uh, Romanian, <coughs> the Romanian, um, Romanian, to in 2016, all, um, almost uh, by, by accident, almost casually, because in the New Year Eve's party 2015-2016 uh, of a familiar of my former girlfriend, I met a Romanian girl with her Argentine boyfriend. Uh, and that, uh, that girl uh, studied... <clears throat> That girl studied architecture at Universita La Sapienza in Rome, in Italy, but she was studying art here in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, and uh, she was living only 10 blocks away my home. Um, okay, I, I would like to pick up some classes. Do you, do you teach Romanian? Yeah, I teach Italian and Romanian. 
yeah, oh, that's that's how I earn my life here. Okay, I I began to uh, t I began taking lessons of uh, Romanian, fifteen lessons, and um, fifteen lessons more or less I pick up a two B one level, more and more or less B one level. I in two thousand eighteen with uh, forty years old, thirty nine, forty years old, <clears throat> I began learning Greek. Uh, with a particular, with a private uh, teacher, with a private teacher. Um, after eight years, uh, eight, sorry, after eight months, in from April April to December two thousand eighteen, uh, I changed it for Turkish. I want to experience for what what's an native language be. Um, and after three months of Turkish, I came back to Greek because uh, in order to um, tried the A2 international exam, but failed. I failed, but with a written production. I can't speak it A2. And then, um, well, um, German and Dutch a little bit by my own, and I had some um, Polish and Serbo-Croatian um, <coughs> knowledge, and, and that's why I decided to pick up Macedonian. That's right, right now my main focus. Well, Macedonian because um, for three for three reasons I began to learn Macedonian. First of all, is because along with both, the easiest Slavic language to learn because uh, when we compare, for example, the Eastern um, Slavic languages, Russian, Belarusian, and Ukrainian, and the Western Slavic language, Polish, uh, Czech, and Slovak, for example, and um, Slovene and it, even though, uh, well, um, Slovenia and Serbo-Croatian, uh, they have, well, six or seven cases in a, you know, a case system. You, because you, yeah. you, you, studied, you studied Russian, you studied Russian, so you know what uh, yeah. six or seven cases. Exactly. Well, <laughs> exactly. Well, Bulgarian, Bulgarian and Macedonian, <clears throat> Bulgarian and Macedonian only have two cases, nominative and accusative. That's it's much quite easier because instead of cases you have prepositions, right. um, that's that's one reason. Um, even though uh, until a hundred uh, uh, until a hundred years ago, Bulgarian and Macedonian were the, were the same language that became became different due to geopolitical reasons. Well, um, I studied to, decided to learn Macedonian that uh, because of course Richard Simcott. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and in fact, I, I could show my basic skills in Macedonian uh, with a private. Uh, I, I had to. I I had twice uh, the chance to to talk with him via via Zoom. Um, uh, one of them because of uh, well, both of them because of polio conference, and uh, yeah, the second time because of a special event that uh, on the Sparkle Versailles in Bern. And the, sec the, the third reason why I decided to learn Macedonian is the, the following. You know that I'm one of the ambassadors of Mundo Lingo Buenos Aires. Mundo Lingo, it's, an, it's um, a non-profit organization uh, that organizes uh, events, uh, language event, yeah, language interchange events in bars and pubs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, and I, the first, the first time I went to Mundolingo uh, at Trova Bar in Buenos Aires um, on July 6, thousand eighteen, I met for um, that first first time 
a friend of mine, Hector Jordanovich, that is, it's an Argentine guy, but his great grandparents were Macedonian. And he was uh, learning that, uh, that he was learning that language, but I, every time he went to Mundolingo, he asks he always, okay, Spanish, English, and Macedonian, but he, he, didn't, he didn't have anybody to practice Macedonian with because anybody spoke the language. Well, uh, in, in order that to, to practice a little bit his languages, his Macedonian language skills, I present her, okay, Bulgarian and Serbian girls or Croatian girls. But I, tell, I told, um, yeah, to practice with, but I told Hector, hey, uh, Hector, uh, sooner uh, Macedonian, because it, for me, it's, it's, it's interesting to learn it. And since 2000, sorry, since two months, <clears throat> Uh, excuse me, my throat. Um, two months, uh, since two months and a half ago, I uh, I am learning Macedonian through Italki with a teacher that Richard Simcott uh, personally um, recommended me. Um, well, that's awesome because I was just about to ask you, were you using Italki to learn Macedonian? Because um, right now I'm learning a smidge of Ukrainian. And it's not, you know, I mean, I have people that I know that are Russian, and the first thing I get is, it's hard. No, it's not really. Oh, the the numbers are the same, except the pronunciation's a little different. There's a few vocabulary words that might be different. Um, good afternoon, good evening's the same. Good morning's different. Um, you know, there are some differences. Well, There's some I, overlapping I vocabulary. <clears throat> And they have one more case than Russian. They have seven cases instead of six. Well, 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 well. In those, um, I will teach you something. First, in those Slavic language who have this is because they are the same, say, they are the same six cases right. of every Slavic language with six, listen, those Slavic languages with seven cases are this, uh, they have the same six cases of those Slavic language with six cases plus the vocative case. Right. Basically, <clears throat> you have, um, basically, you have um, languages like uh, Ukrainian or Czech, maybe. Or Polish, or maybe Polish. I don't know. Well, mm -hmm. with that, yeah, Poli oh, Polish has seven. Well, the, the seventh case is the vocative case, right. and the vocative case is only used when you address with some respects. Uh, yeah, it's more. It and it's more like in the masculine singular. But, right. Um, you know, in you can express yourself in in every slang in, in every Slavic language. Different, uh, uh, different of Bulgarian Macedonian, you can express in those. You can express yourself in those six languages without the need of a vocative case. But right. by the way, I want, I want, I want to ask. I want to answer. I want to answer you about. <clears throat> you have mentioned that, uh, for example, uh, there are uh, greetings uh, with. Um, there are there are greetings that sounds different in every Slavic language. However, there there are uh, phrases or words that are common in several Slavic languages, but common right. uh, but other words they are right. not such. Well, well, 
let me say you that as uh, as it also happens in in Romance and Germanic language, in Latin and Germanic languages, there are a lot of cross vocabulary. And you can find, uh, in the case of Ukrainian, you can find words that are present in Russian, words that are present in Polish, and words that are present in both. Right. So you can you you can figure out, for example, the the, the word for thank you, dziękuję, in Ukrainian, but in Polish is dziękuję, or in Czech and Slovak dziękuję. But you have uh, in Russian spasivo, but you have um, in um, in Serbo Croatian hvala or in um, in Bulgarian Macedonian fala or blagodaria. Uh, Bulgarian blagodaria and in Macedonian blagodaram. I mean, <clears throat> if you if you can uh, um, understand that, uh, even though uh, there are other uh, other words that. Are common in several languages, in several Slavic languages, but others not. Others don't. Anyway, you can be understood. You you can be under you can be understood. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, in in those Slavic languages, they are uh, they they have they have some background in common. Yeah, I um because I had <clears throat> did two. I did two talks on Thursday, one on Clubhouse and the other one was on Facebook Live. And I gave the free resources that I found to learn Ukrainian that was, you know, accessible. And, um, you know, there's a couple of Ukrainian language groups, too, on Facebook that I joined. Um, you know, because I said, if I did want to learn another Slavic language, why not have it be something that, you know, um, I can use? I mean, I'm going to be honest here in Akron, where I live, we have a lot of um, people from Vostok, Europa, not Premier. However, the problem is they're all over. They're like on the northern side of, of um, um, Akron, which is like a little more... Um, it's it has more people from many um, f that live in certain areas and so um, there's like a lot of Ukrainian churches here some Russian churches and so I said uh, I why not you know learn a little bit of Ukrainian I mean I'm not going to try to learn it to like a B2 level, I might do A2, you know, but I did find stuff that worked for me. Like I'm using um, colloquial languages, um, free Ukrainian audio course. And then, um, and what I like about it is the fact that you, you, they break down the alphabet, the consonants, they break down the, the pronunciation of the vowels and, and the different letter combinations. Um, you know, they talk about the grammar, um, you know, that, so I enjoy that, you know, um, that that's something I work on right away. And then, um, you know, they have like all these lessons that you can do one through, I don't know, 40 or 50 or whatever it is. And, um, you can go from beginner all the way to like 
probably a B2 level using this. And I mean, if you want to buy the book, you can buy the book. But the actual um, audio files are 100% free on their site. And then um, I also use Lingo Languages as well because I have a library subscription. So, um, and that's that's up to like an A2, like conversational level, which is good because if you were to ever go to Ukraine, when things settle down, um, then you would be able to speak with um, Ukrainians in Ukraine. Well, I, I, I mean, you do speak Russian too, but right now, as of right now, their their main every all their documents and stuff are are one hundred percent in Ukrainian. Um, because I actually have a few friends that are over there right now, and they're bunkering down, um, because they're uh, surrounded by Russians. And so they can't go anywhere. Let me say you. <clears throat> yeah. So let me let me say you something very important, my dear Chanel. You know that within Ukraine, there are more or less uh, like imagine that the map of Ukraine is divided in uh, third parts. <clears throat> right. The easternmost part of Ukraine are surrounded by right. either. Russian speakers, monolingual Russian speakers, or by the, I mean, the, the, the Ukrainian dialects, most uh, easternmost right. are um, are most uh, most similar to Russian. Right. Uh, I mean, when you when you go uh, far, I mean, the easternmost part of the country, you literally are speaking Russian or right. or Surzhik is like a, a mixture of Ukrainian and Russian with a lot of Russian words. Right. Yeah. They, central, but, well, right. Well, 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 in the central part of in, in the central part of Ukraine, you speak Ukrainian proper. Right. Right. When you uh, when you go to the westernmost part of Ukraine, there are dialects. For example, in cities like Lviv in Lvov, or in, well, there are more like Polish, or they are much similar to Polish. I mean, as when you right. go more, more to the west, it's more like Polish. When you go much more to the east, it's more like Russian. Right. So up to a certain point, I mean, the grammar is almost the same. Right. The, yeah. The grammar is I'm, 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 starting to, I'm starting to notice that. And I'm also starting to notice, you know, there are certain words that they use um, that are similar. And then there, there are, you know, there are words that are borrowed loan words. Too. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'm finding it to be fascinating. You know, the numbers are the same, except there's different pronunciation, um, one through 10. So, I mean, I pretty much picked that up real easy. I'm like, oh, this is easy. Oh, well, this won't be so difficult. And as soon as I said that and I was posting on Facebook, someone actually had the audacity to tell me, well, it's hard. No, you're saying that because you haven't mastered English. And so, therefore, I'm not going to listen to that because I'm going to follow my own path on this journey of mine. I'm not going to focus on it for years and years, but I am going to focus on it enough to be able to have a conversation in it. So if that's the goal for me, that's fine. But Sure. In, in fact... <clears throat> I mean, you want to be able to have a I, conversation. I, 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 I don't know. I don't, um, I don't know why... 
particularly today, I don't have uh, enough uh, voice or the same voice that I used to to have in the you know the monthly La Grande Fête, the the, mm -hmm. the the monthly. Yeah. Well, the Hypia monthly Zoom meetings. I don't know why. Uh, to, to I mean, today I feel like my throat is blowing up. However, however, uh, I don't I don't have a cold. Uh, I, I, I you know that you know that in um, about conversation uh, to achieving a conversational level in in that language. It's um. It's it's to dedicate uh, your, your passion for a specific to, for a specific language to dedicate your time and efforts in order to achieve a conversational level. I know you can do it, and in the oh, process oh, I'm of done, achieving, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm, in, in, before, in order to so. achieve that, even though even though a two level that's it, it's pretty basic. It's like right now my Macedonian is a two. Even though to achieving a conversational level, the the uh, the main goal is, I mean, not to communicate, but the in process you have to um, to to enjoy the journey. You know, enjoy. I mean, you you know that the the, the process of language learning uh, it's uh, it it it, ha it must be pleasurable for us. Oh yeah, I mean, I think sometimes people put more into it than they should, and then they try to make it like they need to perform for people or be perfect. But then, when you're starting to speak their language, like okay, my okay, I have I studied Spanish over twenty years ago at university. Well, I wasn't studying it to become highly proficient at speaking it. I just did it because I needed it for a degree requirement. It wasn't my language of choice. But I took it anyway because I needed it, you know, and that was the only language that was offered, you know, up to, you know, a high level. So I, I, took, it. I took it. I mean, I got a lot out of it, but at the end of the day, it's not like... I'm proud, I'm proud of you, Chanel. I'm very proud of you. I'm very, <laughs> very proud of you. But, yeah. And oh, you know that... You're welcome. You know that I used to define a, the, a language as a vehicle of communication that we can transmit different uh, symbolic information, intangible mm -hmm. information that we uh, can interpret as a, with a, a, through different codes established by a convention. What mm -hmm. does it mean? Uh, a, a language is like a, it's a codification. Uh, they are different codes that we can, where we can create concrete, abstract, canalize and transmit ideas, mm -hmm. and that's yeah. and that yeah. dif and those different ways to express ourselves. Then uh, they are they are very fascinating. Well, I want to ask you: when you're speaking a language, do you feel like there's a separate part of yourself that's like can you know married to the language itself? Like I know when I'm speaking Russian. I feel totally different than I do when I'm speaking my native tongue of English. Well, 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 well. Two things about it. First of all, every we with every language we generate a different bond, a different uh, a, 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 um, a, yeah. We 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 
we we can uh, generate uh, we vinculate each other different. I mean, with the the relation, the the, the bond, uh, we bind the language in a different in in every different way. Uh, you, I mean, because we have we have different interests. We have different interests that. Uh, relates us with every uh, with every different languages. For example, uh, there are people who uh, like uh, I don't know haute cuisine uh, to learn French, but others pre prefer, for example, uh, I don't know um, mamushkas to learn Russian. I don't know or anime and manga to learn Japanese or to opera to learn Italian. Etc. 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 So you, we can we um, we we develop different uh, w different kind of bonds, different kind of relations when mm -hmm. we talk about um, the motivation to learn a specific language. I mean, every with every language you have a um, specific a, a different interest and you have a different um, a different motivation to learn. Well, but the other thing the other thing uh, you have to ask me is that. Um, when we speak a language, uh, especially when we speak a language that's not our own language, you can imagine that sometimes you sound more serious or some, sometimes you sound more childish or sometimes you de develop another temper or another, uh, you, you sound different. Uh, I mean, the, the ways of express ourselves in a language we speak that that's not our first language and that's not uh, i mean especially when with languages that we speak at a average or conversational level uh, you can imagine that it doesn't sound as natural as our first language but we we can communicate ourselves and we can communicate ourselves efficiently in those languages um, because uh, in, uh, in the end, a language is a way of communication, and we cannot feel ashamed. We cannot feel shameful for uh, we cannot feel shameful for uh, while speaking a language at an average level, even though to sound foreigner. Um, I mean, imagine imagine that I I used to say uh, I used to say that um, in every. Uh, interview I have had uh, about languages, and I used to say um, at every Mundolingo meeting, imagine you have a swimming pool where the walls and the floor of the swimming pool, the, the I mean the, the walls and the ground of the swimming pool is the grammar, and the water, the water is the vocabulary. So I don't care if I have a quarter of water uh, you can, yeah, I mean, I jump from a 10 meter platform anyway. I jump from a 30 feet platform anyway. Right. I mean, I, I don't care if I have uh, grammatical mistakes or if I sound foreigner. Uh, as, as, long, as long as I can communicate properly, logic. Right. Um, now, well, I'm, yeah, just, yeah. I'm just curious, like, do you, after the, you know, point of view getting to like, let's say B1, because mostly you kind of want to get to a B1 just so you won't forget it. But do you, after you get to that point, do you like focus on newspapers, books, TV shows, the news? Do you just travel all of there? Them, all, of them, 
all of them are useful in order to maintain your languages as fresh as possible. Uh, for example, you know, Chanel, that I'm a sports journalist, specialist in basketball. Uh, I, I am brainiac of uh, basketball uh, stats. You know that I'm very expecting that LeBron James has only two assists, shy of 10,000 assists in his career, also native of Akron, Ohio. <laughs> well, the point is that, and Stephen Curry, uh, yeah, 20,000 points. Well, well, well. The point is that you know that as I have, uh, I used to uh, watch every league of every part of the world and, and every sports news uh, website, and I used to. Uh, read them in their language of origin, and that's a way to um, and that's the way to um, maintain my languages as fresh as possible. Also, uh, for example, uh, I used to watch La Rai, Televisión Italiana, or even Telejournal in Romanian, or uh, I know Tevesang in French, or the Brazilian news. I mean, uh, every every. Every news and sports news podcast is, is or YouTube channel, it, it's worth, uh, uh, even though learning texts, sorry, reading reading news reading news text in uh, in the sport in sports news websites, <clears throat> um, I only reading five minutes a day for every language I have B one plus. It's enough to uh, maintain as fresh as possible, like juggling languages. Right. And well, for languages that you have an A2, also texts uh, and um, YouTube videos are uh, worth it um, because uh, you can you begin to train your ears. You can you can become to train your listening comprehension. I, I use this uh, for Turkish and Greek and Macedonian and Hebrew. Well, my languages and at an A2 level, I need a lot, a lot uh, to not, not not only to practice because you sometimes you understand text at A2 level or B1 level through context. And despite I don't understand half of the text or half of what I'm listening to, I can I can figure out which which context is, and I can even though deduce words or deduce vocabulary through it. Now, I'm just curious, like, for instance, if you were, since you like basketball, now, do you actually, like, go to the sites? I mean, yeah, you can watch NBA basketball in English, that's obvious. But if you were to watch, like, international basketball, like, I don't know, French, France or something, would you go to a particular, would you go to, like, that YouTube channel yeah. or that, or that, that, well, that uh, site I, where, I, where yes, you can watch I, it? I, 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 I ask, I answer you, I answer you. For example, I, I open the website of the French National League mm -hmm. or I open the website for Italian National League for mm -hmm. the Lega Basket or I open the website for uh, Greek or Turkish or Israeli basketball leagues. I open mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the main basketball leagues in Europe mm -hmm. and I pick up uh, news and I pick up I pick up specific vocabulary related to basketball, but you you can uh, you can pick up every topic of interest. For example, if you like, for example, 
kitchen cuisine. Okay, you can pick up, uh, you can open uh, French or Italian websites about gastronomy, about about uh, cuisine, and learn and began to read the recipes and study the recipes in French and in Italian. And the vocabulary remains you. Right, because I did that. I well, I kind of did that a little bit. The way I did it was. When I was learning some basic um, Arabic and I was doing uh, Levantine and Egyptian Arabic because we have a lot of Arabs in, in my town and I try to go to my favorite restaurant, which is a Latin's. Um, let me put this disclaimer. I'm not affiliated with the restaurant. I just love eating there. So, um, but um, I would go to like different um, Middle Eastern like grocery stores and I would instead of me speaking English I would go in there and speak Arabic what Arabic I knew and I would go and buy my seasonings or whatever spices um in Arabic and I actually made a couple friends that way um because I was you know on YouTube looking up different recipes for um you know, cooking certain Arabic dishes. And I got to the point where I spent a year and a half doing nothing but cooking Arab food and taking pictures of it and eating example, it. Do you use, for example, to buy baharat, razal hanout? Or, right. Or, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. they're very delicious. Makleb and um, safran, oh, safran and tahini and... Um, Oh, I love it. I love it. And, yeah, and you know, yeah. uh, Jewish, Jewish food and Turkish food and Arabic food are very, and Armenian food, are Greek food, every, it's almost the same. You can right. imagine that. I used to say, I used to say, um, I'm Jewish, you know? Okay, well, the Jewish, uh, the Arabs, the um, Greeks, the Turks, the Armenians, and the Iranians or Persians, uh, we can we can f uh, fight each other. We can uh, kill each other. Uh, we can engage into wars. Can kill each other. But you know, we share the same food and all the same music. In, in the same eggplants, the same uh, dolmas, uh, the same um, uh, you right. know, the same salad, the same salad with uh, goat the cheese, uh, the same hummus, the same baba ganoush. I mean, the same, right. uh, yeah. Uh, the same uh, lamb, well, the, the same baklava or the same, uh, the same yeah. uh, exactly delicious things. So, because yeah. I, I mean, I, I, um, last year I was going, I finally saw my family after 19 months because of the whole lockdown thing with COVID 19. And I turned around and uh, I made mm. some grebe cookies. And I didn't put the powdered sugar over them because of the kids being there. But as soon as I put that, that tray down of 30 grebe cookies, they were gone. Like, everyone ate them. And they were like, these are so good. I'm like, oh, it's not that hard. It's just some ghee, some flour, some sugar. That's it. And, you know, a pistachio or a walnut. You know, so you... And, and they're like, oh, wow, this is easy. I was like, yeah, I put a little bit of orange blossom water and a little bit of rose water in there. And, uh, yeah, they, they they go crazy over it. Like, I, I made that, and I made majetara, and I've, I've made um, um, lebna, 
and I've made I made a lot of different things and um now I mean I've I've made borscht I've made Olivier salad um you know because I was learning Russian um well so, my, my so now I went vegan my grandma my my both my grand grand both my grannies and my great grandmothers used to make borscht and vareniki and all those uh, Polish and Ukrainian dishes because uh, they are also uh, present in the Ashkenazi Jewish uh, food. Now, I mean, now I I I cut out dairy and meat from my diet, so now I'm one hundred percent vegan. And so um, now I, I'm, I'm making a lot more vegan dishes. And um, I have another podcast show called The Blind Vegan. And I'm, I'm, because uh, I changed the name recently. And um, I, I'm now interviewing people who are in the vegan world as well. And I said, you know, it's kind of funny. I like to combine my hobbies. So if I combine cooking with language learning, you know, that's a big deal because you're learning so much in, in both areas. You're learning how to cook a meal from that country. You're learning about the culture and the history and where it came from, the ingredients that they use, so forth and so on. And, um, you know, I you, regardless of what's going on in the world, you can always sit down at a table and eat a meal with somebody and bond over that. And I love that. Oh, me too. And in fact, it's... Um... It's 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 an it's an amazing way to learn languages also through food, yeah. Because uh, imagine that, uh, of course, there are several um, people like me who prefers to learn languages in a much grammar-oriented way. But there are people like you uh, that you prefer to learn languages in a more natural way. Uh, to uh, people, I mean. Uh, you prefer, for example, to eat, to drink, to to dance, and to make yes. love with language. Well, but you know, it's funny though because I I like immersing myself, so I love using the immersion method because it's like, okay, well, I let me put myself in the world of this these people and these cultures, and the laws and the you know, the customs and how men and women behave with each other and so forth and so on. Because if I were to go over to someone else's backyard, I want to be able to seamlessly slip in there like a glove and just blend in and not stick out. I mean, I would stick out because I'm African-American and visually impaired, but I wouldn't stick out because I would be able to speak the language, cook the food and you know, have myself a really good time. And, you know, I found that a lot of times people enjoy, you know, um, the, the that aspect of, of getting to know someone. You know, it's not always about the religious side of things or the politics. I mean, we if you take those two things out of the equation for about five seconds, you got more in common with that person than just that. So sports and food and travel and, you know, all those things. Um, you know, and then on top of that, if you really get into the language and you want to learn the literature and you want to be able to, you know, understand their past and their history and, and well, I, well, I really well, enjoy that. So, Do you know, my dear Chanel, that 
one of the things that it could be very, very useful, especially for you, is that when you wake up, for example, try to uh, make sentences in your head. Uh, for example, I have to go to the bathroom or I have to make breakfast or I have, to, I mean, uh, in, in imagine to, uh, you can make sentences in your head in your target language. Try to oh, I'm gonna, think. I do, I, I'm going to. Wait. Try to think. Try to think every daily action you do in that target language. You uh, you will arrive, my dear, uh, that up to a certain point you began, I mean, you began little by little to think in that language and that empowers you. Oh no, That's I, very I, I, I do that already. Like, but I, I take it a step further. I Perfect. Actually, I actually speak out loud to myself. Like before I even get to I do it also. So we are not crazy. No, I do no, it no, also. No, 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 no. I you know it's funny though, because when I was learning Russian, I spoke to myself out loud so I can hear what I was sounding like, and then I would record myself in a video speaking, and then I'll put it on Facebook in some Russian group or whatever just to get feedback from people. And I'm on, I don't know if you're on V-Contact, are you? What have you said? V-Contact, V-K-O-N, I mean, yeah, K-O-N-C-A, V-Contact, is, is an app, is a, is a Russian app, and they got people from all over the world who, who it's almost like Facebook. Ah, uh, yeah, I figure out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been on there for a while, so I'm, I'm increasing my friends list on there as we speak. But um, because a lot of my friends, due to what's going on in, in Vostok, Europa, and not very man, um, they, they are, um, you know, going to be on v contact more than facebook so because their internet is not usable right now because of certain situations that are going on and um so i'm going to be speaking to them on v contact and um but i mean lots of people are from russia and elsewhere are on v contact um luca lampriello is on v contact i don't know if richard is i gotta ask him but uh yeah so I mean, if you, uh, you you speak Utabia um Gavrilish Paruski Yezik, da? Moje Ruski Yezik, moje Slovnik na Ruskom Yezikom ograničen. I mean, but my vocabulary, my vocabulary in Russian is is it's limited. Okay. Okay. Mo mo makedonski. Mogu govorit makedonski yezik. I mean, I, I can speak Macedonian, and Macedonian it's more some like it's right. uh, it's like similar. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. It's the greatest honor, the, the greatest honor uh, uh, to speak with you. And even though uh, we have the chance to to learn language together, and you know that we have La Confit uh, on March 27th. Okay. Every last Sunday of the month, uh, you know that the Hypiazu meeting, the, the La Confit, of course, you are more than invited. Okay. Oh, while, while we're on that subject, because we have like 13 minutes left, um, could you talk about the Hypia Polyglots? 
and and how you know if anybody wanted to apply or how it got started? Sure, sure. Okay. Let me say you. Let me say you something very important. Hypia, a hyperbolic international association. You know that it's a it's a nonprofit organization whose objective is to spread multilingualism. Uh, I mean, our objective is, as you already know, is to foster and to encourage linguistic and cultural diversity. Um, yeah, to foster and to encourage linguistic and cultural diversity within a non-political and non-partisan framework. What we do is very simple. We make some interviews with uh, those people who speak at least six languages, six languages fluently or seven, eight language conversation level up. That's the level of what we call a hyperpolyglot according to Hypia rules. Uh, I mean, what we do is to make simple interviews with other hyperpolyglots, uh, letting us know their opinion and their message about the importance of fostering mutual human understanding by preserving languages and cultures. Uh, um, as a nonprofit organization, we are committed to this. We are a virtual community whose members are recognizing their language skills, and that recognition can be reflected in your CV, LinkedIn, resume, etc. as an added value. Uh, I mean, um, let me let me explain you uh, something. Um, Hypia uh, it's um, it's a vibrant community that right now uh, we have. 263 members from 60 countries and counting who speaks at least um, six language fluent, six language at B2 level or seven language B1, three of whom B2 or eight language B1 level up. Well, um, the minimum require, I mean, yeah, uh, the minimum requirements are such. Um, the interview uh, itself it's also a free life membership to the association. The application process is completely for free for ethical purposes, as we evaluate candidates in an impartial, unbiased manner. It, it consists in four elements. A written interview with six or seven questions in English to tell us about your story with your language fluency. And also your commitment to make this word a better word for languages, logically. Um, a short experience essay, also written format, basically a funny situation, a funny interview, uh, sorry, um, a funny, yeah, a funny anecdote or um, experience or situation you have had with languages that you remember with special care, no more than 1,000 words, um, yeah, one sheet and a half, but sometimes in several uh, occasions uh, that uh, requirement is scrapped. Uh, uh, in addition to the picture, we also need a pic. I mean, in addition to the pic, the interview, we need a picture from you uh, in order to list the interview on the website polyglotalization.org. And the most important of all is a proof of your fluency. Uh, despite um, despite you can show your language certifications, uh, we at at Hypia we don't require this. Um, for practical purposes, uh, the, the most the most uh, easy the, mo the, the sorry the easiest thing to show your fluency is to film yourself a short video from you about ten minutes speaking more or less one minute one minute and a half for every language minimum six languages. 
If you have your own channel, YouTube, Facebook, etc., if you have your own social media channel, the already uploaded videos can be used as a fluency proof if they meet the criteria. And if the videos are heavy, you can use WeTransfer um, uh, to, to send them. Well, um, all, all the... Um, all the requirements, I mean, the, the, the words, uh, the, the word documents and um, the fluency proof and the photo, um, are, I mean, you send them, uh, it's all via mail. All, all the application is via mail. Um, uh, once, uh, once you have complete both documents, send them with your fluency proof and feature by answering this mail. No harm at all because we evaluate candidates as we receive each material. Well, well, well. <clears throat> Um, regarding our activities, re regarding our activities, um, well, let me say you something. Uh, basically, the vast majority of us are in contact through social networks. The main reason is that we are also part of the same polygon community. Uh, among the activities organized uh, by us, uh, among our activities, we have a WhatsApp group with a hundred and feet with. Um, 150 out of the 260 members where we share language learning resources, uh, sorry, language learning techniques, yeah, free language learning resources as well, and we chat and discuss about languages and linguistics in a very respectful way, raising the bar to a whole new level and all of this while speaking every language. Also, we hold weekly Friday talks, weekly clubhouse, uh, yeah, weekly Friday talks at clubhouse every Friday, and monthly Zoom meetings, also called La Grande Fête, where 30 or 40 members share up to 30 different languages in three hours nonstop. The clubhouse meetings and um, the La Grande Fête are activities open to non-members. So that's why you are invited. Um, also, you, uh, I told you that Hypea represent added value for your CV. Let me say you something. Um, we um, we also hold monthly Hypea research meetings with those members who have applied as Hypea scholars, also for free, of, of course. We do multidisciplinary research on different topics about polyglossia from an academic approach. We have study groups coordinated by Dr. Carlos Diebra Lopez, a Spaniard who is a fellow Hypea member, where we make presentations in the Hypea research meetings. And we also act as devil advocate for the occasional lecturer. Uh, we have conferences from the community. We occasionally publish papers on our website and SSRN repository, and we publish academic proceedings in longer term. Lastly, but not less important, um, I mean, Hypea represents added value for your CV. Let me say you something. It's not a certification of polyglotism itself, but rather, it's a commitment of social responsibility associated with languages. You know that us as hyperpolyglots, I mean, uh, we are naturally communication bridges that bring cultures closer and we can understand them better. So the Hypea membership means that you are committed and dedicated to make the fair use and responsible use of your languages, uh, of your language abilities from our respective occupations, businesses and local realities towards a global impact. You can contact me at mbarmat at gmail.com, m-b-a-r-m-a-t at gmail.com, or membership at polyglotassociation.org 
uh, in order to uh, apply for becoming a fellow HIVA member. And the website is polyglotassociation.org. Thank you so much for that because, um, you know, I've had people want to know about that. And I said, you know, I will ask. And I also want to thank you for coming on to the show. Um, now, they can find you at all of these um, um, links that you provided. Is there anywhere else they can find you? Well, I have, I have, a, I have a personal website. It's barmat.com.ar. Okay. Yeah, you, you can you, you you can you can find me that also I have my CV attached, I have my basketball radio program attached, uh, uh, my of course my I have a basketball radio program in Spanish called La Naranja in Numeros, the orange in numbers that I'm I'm talking in Spanish about basketball stats, and of course my activities like uh, with Haitia and uh, mm-hmm. learning languages that it's all every everything uh, it's worth it. For me, it's it's the greatest honor, Chanel, to have that conversation with you. And yeah, we 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 wait for you. And I recommend uh, the, the Chanel podcast uh, and her language journey. That it's also also it's very inspiring. Muchas gracias, los compañeros. Muchas gracias a ti, gracias a vos, Chanel. Y hasta cuando ustedes lo whenever you wish. Uh, it will be until the next occasion. Well, I would tell like me. to... Tell huh? Tell me, tell me. Oh, I was going to say, because um, I'm about to wrap this up, because we're down to like the last two minutes. And um, I wanted to thank you for coming. Uh, muchas gracias, los compadres. Um, yo algo aprecio lo um, muy mucho, mi amigo. Mm-hmm. We have to do this again. <laughs> of course, I'm lovely. Sin dudas. Sin okay. dudas, amiga, sin dudas. Yeah. So, um, everybody, remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the podcast. And I will see you guys in the next episode of Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast. Adios.